Thank you. Thank you. All right. That other one gets turned off. All right. Thank you. Thank you. Appreciate it. Have a seat if you would. I'll make sure I'm on on here. Can we hear me picking up? Good. We're good shape. All right. That's good. Well, it's a blessing to be here. What a blessing it is to see you. You're a blessing to us. And as we look forward to a conference like this, uh, we pray and ask the Lord to bless, but uh, we ask the Lord to bring folk here. And uh, what a good crowd, and a good-looking crowd, too. Uh, speaking of that, uh, the girls uh, that uh, are on tour here, uh, preacher uh, challenged them to bring back 50 preacher boys. And uh, I don't care if they can sing or not, but uh, boy, they, one of my boys said, I know why they picked them. They look pretty. And... Uh, so, uh, but they did a good job singing too. The fact, one of my, one of them is my niece over there, so I can embarrass her. But one, the fact is, the song they sang about soul winning, I, I know for sure that four of them, I work with a, a group on Wednesday, we have a soul winning van, and the four of them come fairly regular on that van, and they're, they're just, they're soul winners. They're just not singing about a song, they're living it. And, uh, and I tell you what, you bring your young people here to the college, or you send them here, will be honored, but they're, they're going to come away with a heart to serve God, and, uh, and I'm excited about that, and that's a blessing. Well, I want to talk to you today about holding fast. I want you to turn, if you would, to a very familiar passage when dealing with this subject, First Samuel, or excuse me, 2 Samuel chapter number 23, 2 Samuel chapter number 23, I'm going to read verses 9 and 10, use that as a reference, a launching pad, if you would, uh, I'm going to give you some thought here, and I do... I teach uh, quite, a, quite a load there, I'm more of a teacher than a preacher. I'm going to get out of the way here as soon as possible. Brother Jorgensen's going to preach a little later on this morning, and uh, I know what message he's preaching. It's a hot one. Uh, as a matter of fact, I have to slip out and get ready for activities just because it convicts me every time I hear that one. And so I, I'm leaving. I, I know what you're in for. But, uh, but uh, 2 Samuel chapter number 23, I want to share some thought with you here from this passage and from others about holding fast. The Bible says here in this passage, verse number 9, And after him was Eleazar, the son of Dodo. Working with college kids, I've, I've appreciated that word, or and more. I know a lot of kids someday in the future will be able to say the same thing. But, but anyway, no, but of the Ahoi, whatever that word is there. And one of the three mighty men with David, when they defied the Philistines that were there gathered together to battle, and the men of Israel were gone away. Everybody else had left. But look what he did. Verse 10, He arose and smote the Philistines until his hand was weary and his hand clave unto the sword. And the Lord wrought a great victory that day, and the people returned after him only to spoil. What a story. What a thought. I don't know if you do this, but I like to put myself into those stories. Can you imagine being there that day and seeing this man rise up when everybody else is running away? living to fight another day. He says, no, this is the day I'm going to fight. Takes hold of that sword and just, and just won't let go. And keeps swinging and swinging and swinging and won't let go. That's pretty exciting, isn't it? It sort of just tingles. I visualize that. I want to talk to, to you about some things that you need to hold fast today. I mean, I don't want you to, I want you to start swinging and I don't want you to let go. Uh, more importantly, the Lord wants us to do that. Let's have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, I ask your blessing now in this short time. Lord, may you speak through me today. And Lord, may we challenge hearts. Holy Spirit, do your work. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. Growing up, probably like most of you fellows, uh, we enjoyed uh, old 
playing battle, fighting, wrestling. Uh, my brother's back here. He's a uh, older brother, two years older than I am. He's the uh, principal here at the school and has a school in here today. And and uh, he and I would, uh, two years apart, we, we grew up doing those kind of things like you fellows, if you have a brother do, you wrestle and you, uh, you, 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 you tussle and so forth. We, we enjoyed the idea of pretending that we were a soldier or uh, a, a warrior. And, and one of the things we enjoyed was that idea of uh, sword fighting, you know, being the old swashbuckler. And um, I'm not sure what a swashbuckler is. I guess he buckles on swashes, but... but uh, but I knew what it meant, and it was to be a sword fighter. And so, uh, you know, it didn't take you, you, when you're young, you just, you get inventive, don't you? And uh, you find now back in our day, they didn't have all these neat little things. So we would just find whatever it took to make a sword. One of our favorite times of the year then was Christmas time, because at Christmas time, you got great swords. Yeah. Two things this represented. It represented the wrapping paper off, so you're going to get presents. Yeah, yeah. The second thing it represented is a good sword fight, at least for a while. How many have ever used the old tube for the sword fight? Oh, yeah, yeah. See, look at that. You're with me. You know what I'm talking about. I just hope Mrs. Young doesn't find the wrapping paper I had to take off of this one to get the illustration today. I have to get her a present now, I guess, maybe. But right here, this was, this was good entertainment for quite a while. That's a sword fight right there. And you'd pretend, of course, you always did this too, you know. Oh, oh, yeah, sorry. Didn't know I was looking at back there, Brother Ham there. But um, sword fight. And you'd battle and you so forth. And, of course, you know how these, these swords don't last very long after a while, do they? And, uh, but but I, we enjoyed the motion of it. Matter of fact, one time I remember, he won't remember this because it was, it was something negative for him. But uh, it wasn't with these tubes. It was probably with sticks. And I, we just watched a good sword fight happen on some, uh, some kind of show or illustration. And I watched the guy do a move that he did this. And they were battled up and they were doing the, you know, the pairing back and forth. And he gets that sword. And the guy does this quick little flip of the wrist. And the other guy's sword went right up to the, you know, it was probably Zorro or something like that, you know. The other guy's sword, I said, I've got to try that one next time. So we're battling with sticks, and I did that, and I did that flick of the wrist, and you, I'm not kidding you, his sword went, Doo. it worked! If swords weren't sharp, I'd probably continue to career in them, but, um, but what an awesome move that one was. But wait a second. Nowadays, they have, of course, they have fancier swords, they, the, the kids growing up, these were our swords growing up, but Fancier swords uh, nowadays. Uh, boys had one downstairs, so I got this one. This little sword, it sure looks a whole lot better. Well, you can tell it's been used. Uh, it's, it's coming apart. But, but I, I mean, think about that. Now, we don't have these growing up, so they, this, this, pretty, this pretty neat looking. And it could have battled real well with these. Same kind of effect, though. You know, designed not to really hurt anybody, obviously. But, uh, but give you the effect. You know, I don't think either one of these two are the kind of swords that this fellow had that day. As a matter of fact, I know he didn't. Because to grip onto swords like this wouldn't have done him much good. What I want to focus on to you today is that in the battle that you and I are in, the spiritual battle, it's not good enough just to hold up anything that we pretend is a sword. You've got to hold on to the right thing. 
You see, if he, if he wasn't holding on to a sword in this battle, no matter what kind of courage he had, he, he wouldn't have lasted long. He needed something in his hand that he could grip onto. And I want to focus a little bit. And the Bible tells us some things to hold fast. Now, I do have a, a, at least a sword over here. Now, I'll have to admit, this, is, uh, this looks really good. It's probably not the kind of sword that he'd have. This one I have in my office. I am the men's dorm supervisor. <laughs> Occasionally we need a little persuasion. Really, you don't want to clean your room today? But anyway. <clears throat> this particular sword, now, I'll be honest, it, it's not, don't worry, I won't cut myself. It's not real sharp. It's a, uh, it was forged in the mountains of Pakistan, probably in a sweatshop. Um, <laughs> if I swing too much, it'll probably come out at you, so we'll we'll hold on. But uh, but this would be a little bit more like the sword. I'm going to want this to represent the sword that he held on that day. And it, can you imagine as he grips and he fights and he's swinging and as he's battling, he didn't need. It wasn't playtime anymore. It wasn't it, it it wasn't recreation time. You see, he was in a battle for his life. And so he needed to be able to trust his sword. He needed something in that battle that was going to hold up against the enemy. The Bible tells us to hold firm. And you know what? Of course, I'll come to the end of it, but the, the Word of God is compared to a sword, isn't it? And in the Word of God, he reminds us of some things to hold fast on. Young people, just like we would wrap that, that, that day if we saw him wrap his... They, they, it, when, the, when the Bible says it clave, and you've heard this, but when he, his hands clave to the sword, they literally would have had to peel them off by the end of the day. Why? Because that was his life that day. If this it slips out, if he loses the sword, he's gone. The Bible tells us, I want you to write, if you're writing any notes down, there's three things I want you to, the Bible tells us to have a firm grasp on or to hold fast to. Here's a reference, it's Job 27.6. God tells us here to hold fast to righteousness. Job says in that verse, my righteousness I hold fast and will not let it go. Young person, the first thing I want to emphasize to you today, the Bible point out that the Bible says that we're supposed to hold fast is righteousness. That is personal righteousness, young people. That is living right. We, we have a world that, does it, that, that, that makes everything relative. We have a world that doesn't care about right and wrong anymore. Or right is what you feel like is right that moment or how you feel. Boy, if you're feeling good, if your conscience isn't bothering you, then, then that's okay for you. That's not right. You see, the Bible says there is that which is right and that which is wrong. When I live by that which is right, I'm living a righteous life. Young people, God says, hold fast to righteousness. In an old, wicked, sinful world, you can still hold on to righteousness. Young people, you don't have to live like the world lives. You don't have to be convinced of the devil and his crowd that, hey, this is what everybody's doing. I can tell you that's not what everybody's doing because there's some people around here, myself included, that want to live a righteous life. I look out at a crowd of young people, and I know some of you, and I know there's some young people around here that want to live a righteous life. Hold fast to it. Don't let it slip. It doesn't matter the circumstances. Well, times have changed, Brother Young, but the Bible never has. Times have changed, but God never has. 
And what he has called right is always right. And what he says is wrong is always wrong. So you and I are supposed to hold on to righteousness and battle no matter what the devil brings your way. Grip onto it. Hold on to righteousness. That's, that's you inside, young person. That's who you are when you're by yourself. Hold on to righteousness when no one else is around to see you. Hold on to righteousness in your thoughts and in your heart where no one else can go but you. And by the way, God. Hold on to righteousness. The Bible instructs us to do that. The second thing it instructs, I want to point out to you today, is hold on to instruction. Listen to this verse of Proverbs chapter 4, verse number 13. Take fast hold of instruction. Let her not go. Keep her, for she is thy life. How about that? Hold fast to instruction. You see, it was his life that day. This sword was his life. There was no way he was going to let that go. Because if he did, the enemy would destroy him. The Bible says, grab hold of instruction, young person. Hold it fast. Don't let her go because she is your life. You see, we often have a tendency, after a while, we, we, we get 13 years, you know, and we've been down the road quite a ways now, and and somewhere around that age, we start knowing better than everybody else around us, including our parents and sometimes our youth pastor and our pastor. And we don't really need their help anymore. And, you know, I can chart my own course. And, young person, you need their instruction. You need the instruction of a godly pastor. You need the instruction of a godly youth worker. You need the instruction of a godly Christian school teacher. Well, I appreciate Christian school teachers. I appreciate their, you, they, they, they may not be bombastic. You may see them. They may be dealing with you. I'm, I'm a teacher. I know how it is sometimes. I think, you know, the kids just view us as, you know, a, a pie chart or something. Uh, you know, a chemistry chart or so. No, teachers out there, they're, they're, they're praying for you. They're, they're studying. They're with you daily. And boy, they desire to see you live for God. You know what you need to do? You need to heed instruction. Grab hold of instruction. Young person, it's time of instruction. Boy, we're going to have a lot of fun throughout this, but this is the time that we've been praying for, and we want you to grab hold of and grab hold of the Bible. Every time it's preached, sit up and listen to it. Sit up and listen to it. Listen in your Bible classes. Matter of fact, listen to your, to your teacher. Oftentimes, if you, if, 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 you, you never know. They just may sneak Bible in science class if you're in a Christian school. That's good. Boy, listen to that instruction. Every time of instruction, whether it be in a classroom setting or especially in a preaching setting, you ought to just grab hold of that and say, you know what, what does God want from me today? Grab hold of that instruction. By the way, grab hold of the instruction of a godly parents. They don't understand me. Well, you may not think so, but they love you like no one else does. And they're, they're desirous to see what what you can do for God in your life. They, they want you to succeed for the Lord. Listen to them, young people. Grab hold of their instruction. Grab hold of a pastor who will stay up at night and late and pray for you. So he always seems like he's preaching at me and so forth. He loves you, young person. He doesn't want you to go face the enemy with a faulty tool. You think about this. This was fun playing tool, but there's no way in the world I'd want to enter that battlefield that day with this in hand. Skull Philistines! I may have killed two with laughter. But after that, I'm history. 
You can't enter into the battle with this. You say, well, I'm going to illustrate that in just a minute, and I'll show you some things, but you need to hold on to instruction. The third thing is found in 1 Thessalonians 5.21. I like this one. Prove all things. Hold fast that which is good. It wouldn't take me long in the testing field of life to know that wasn't going to hold up at all. Prove it. You know what a soldier does. He goes and he'll look and he'll go to the armory and he'll take, take a look. Ah, that looks nice. It's easy to handle. I really, you know, it's got nice lightweight. I really could swing this thing. And as soon as he goes out, hey, let's, uh, hey, let's, uh, let's do a little sparring out here. Okay, I guess that one won't work. Wouldn't take long to prove that, would it? Wouldn't take long to prove this in battle. Oh, it might hold its form, but it sure is not going to do much. That'll scare you, won't it? But a soldier will pick the armor and he'll prove this in battle. And once it's proven and it's tried and true, he's going he's to hang on to that. Prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. This is my choice. I'm not taking that one or that one. I'm taking this one right here. Why? Because it's good. Young people, if you're not careful, you can hold fast to things that are not good. Jeremiah has a passage. Uh, Jeremiah 8, 5 said, People in Jerusalem were holding fast to deceit. And it's very quickly uh, found out throughout the Scripture that folks have put their trust in things that are faulty. Not tried and true like this, but they've gone to battle in their life with things like this. Can I remind you that the battle that you and I are in is a battle for your life. You see, we, we're just not sparring now before the presents are opened on Christmas morning. We're sparring with one who seeks to destroy you, the devil. And though he may come across as a friend at times and show you a smile on his face, I can tell you he fights with that right there, and he's seeking to take your life. I'd hate to face him with that right there. I'd hate to face him with a toy. I'd hate to face them with something that wasn't tried and true. I'd hate to face them, and you know what? But unfortunately, young people, just as the nation of Israel was, many people hold on to things, and they think they can go to battle with this. Let me share just a few examples. Some young people hold on to things, first of all, that they're wrong. I mean sinful things. I talked about righteousness and what you are when you're by yourself. But they get by themselves and somewhere on an internet they start holding on to things that are wrong. Now, you may be fooling everybody else, but I can tell you, you're not fooling God and you're sure not fooling the devil because you're walking onto the battlefield of life with that right there. Something faulty. Something wrong. Well, it's my sword. And as soon as you swing at the one who's got that real sword and seeking to destroy your life... He'll split you right in half, and your life is destroyed. But he'll convince you that that's the weapon you want to have. I wonder why. I wonder why he wants you to hold on to things that are wrong in your life. Because he wants you to have pleasure. That's how he sells it. Because he wants you to enjoy life more. That's how he sells it. No, it's because he knows that when you enter the battlefield with him, and he takes a swing at it, this won't stop a thing. He wants you to hold on to wrong music, young person. Boy, what a tool. What a, what a, what a, what a rotten, dirty uh, trickster that he is to take something that was designed to bring honor to glory to God and take something like music that was designed to uplift our heart and our spirit and change it to make it sensual 
and appeal to the evil side, our, our wicked man inside of us, and change it from that which could honor for God to ensnaring young people and thinking, well, I'm okay, and enter the battle of life and be destroyed. Don't hold on. Prove that which is, prove all things and hold fast to that which is good. I'll, I'll tell you a few other things, young people. There are some good things in life, things that aren't necessarily sinful that folks will hold on to and keep them from holding on to the true thing and be ready for the battle. What do I mean by that? Well, for example, uh, you know, there are some things like sports. Preacher said uh, he loves sports, and he does. He's very good at it. I enjoy sports. I, I love them. I, I played it all the time. And sports have their positive thing. But you know what, young person? It is not that which I'm going to live for and wrap my hands around it and spend all my energy and time on because if it was, this is not going to hold up much in the battle. This, 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 this won't do anything when the devil's after my life and we are in a fight for my life. Now, again, I love sports. I think they have a lot of positive effect. But some people, some young people, wrap their hand around sports and won't let it go. Boy, they're there for every sport activity, but you can't find them out soul winning. They, 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 they can know the names on every team, but they don't know two verses in the Bible. They'll spend time watching ESPN or reading the sport page, but they don't have any time in the Word of God. Well, it's not sinful, Brother Young. It's not, but it won't do you any good in the battle of life. You watch the Super Bowl, you watch any sporting event, you get wrapped up, it's excitement. The team, Dr. and Brother Jorgensen are Packers fans, they're insufferable. Uh, no, I was really pleased they didn't gloat too long after they won this last one. You know, but the fact of the matter is, is that's, that's, that's come, and it's gone, and it made no difference for eternity. Nothing. And your sports will come and they'll go and make no difference for eternity if you've wrapped all your life into them. And when you really need to have the ability to stand on behalf of your family and behalf of young people and your children someday, and you're trying to face the devil with this, but dad was good at basketball, won't cut it. You need to find something that's going to be able to fight the battle. You're going to need something tried and true. You're going to have to defend your home someday, young man. I'm not talking physically, though that may be the case, but I'm talking spiritually. Devil's after you. Devil's after your family someday. Devil's after your church someday, young man. Folks get wrapped up and wrapped their hands around even good things. I'll tell you what, this, this, this little item right here. You know what? Most people have smartphones and they don't really know it. You know why? I always thought the one who was smart was the one in control. You ever thought of it that way? Now, this is, as far as the phone goes, it's about as dumb a phone as you can get, I think, right here. It's just appropriate for the guy who's carrying it. But people talk about smartphones. You know what? I, I, I figured that a lot of folks go walk around with smartphones because they can't walk around without doing this. I've seen young people. Now, these are great tools. They're wonderful tools. But some people, this, this little device here controls some of you young people. It's a smartphone without it being a smartphone. You're just dumber than the phone. Because you can't live without it. I've talked to young people coming in the office. Hey, Brother Young, got a question. 
Well, what can I do to help you? Well, I've got this problem. What do you think? I don't know if we're doing a conference deal here or what at the point in time. Maybe I should. I can't do it that, though. That's why I couldn't do this. I feel like just pulling one out and just talking to him right like that. Do you hear me? Hello? They're listening. I'm giving advice. Well, that's, yeah. 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 Well, that's good, Brother Young. And heard, heard a thing I said. I started talking about popcorn and, you know, sports and, oh, that'll help me out in life, Brother Young. Yeah. Hey, now that's a nice tool right there, but it, it shouldn't control you. Hey, friendship is a good thing, but it shouldn't be what you wrap your life around. Boy, I tell you what, there's about ten couples that need to break up at Commonwealth Baptist College. I'm going to post their names on the board. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> Man, did they start going like that. No, they don't even know who they are at the time. But you know what? They wrap their life around some gal or some guy. And they're absolutely unprepared because they didn't wrap their life around the truth. And righteousness. Oh, I just can't wait to have a boyfriend, girlfriend. Boy, I just can't wait till you're ready to have one. God needs you to be ready to have one. I'm preaching to the college students there. You high school students, you don't need one. You're not ready. So how do we succeed? How do we hold fast? I like this one comes right back to a very simple conclusion. 2 Timothy 1.13 Hold fast the form of sound words which thou hast heard of me in faith and love which is in Christ Jesus. Your answer right there is this, young person. By the way, I, I, I did not get on this, but 400 years now this book, this particular one's been around. I'm going to hold fast to that one right there. But here's the thing. It's tried. It's true. It's won every battle that it has gone into when wielded. God's words never failed. Never failed. So what sword are you going to pick up in your life? The Bible says, hold fast to righteousness. Young person, this book tells us about righteousness. Hold fast to instruction. This is the instruction for our life. As a matter of fact, it's called the instruction in righteousness. Hold fast to good things. You won't find anything better. We had a lot of fun with this sword growing up. A lot of fun. It's a toy. But you can't hold on to things that this would represent. False things. Wrong things. It's a toy. It's fun. It may be even good. maybe may not be sinful. But here's what I have to hold on to. The Bible says there's a death grip. Or not the Bible doesn't say that. We use the term death grip. That man, I believe, as described to us, had a death grip. He was not only slaying the enemy, but he realized that if I let go, I'm dead. 
I hope that by the time you leave here, young people, we can convince you to grab hold of your Bible and never, ever let it go. Heavenly Father, thank you for your word. May it be honored in this time throughout this week. May these young people recognize the importance of holding on to it. Amen.